Welcome to the Teachers Podcast in association with Classroom Secrets, the podcast that's here to help teachers. Whether it's discussing the latest issues in education or sharing top tips for use in the classroom, if you work in education or want to know more about the sector, then this is the podcast for you. Now, please welcome your host, former teacher, life-work balance advocate and successful business owner, Claire Riley. Hi everyone, thanks for listening. We're going to talk about educational inequality and an exciting new project that Arnav Rawat is working on. But just before we get into the episode, I wanted to tell you two things. One, our platform, Classroom Secrets Kids, it's online, it's available, it's only £1 per child for the year and it's got thousands of activities that are aligned to the curriculum, they can be accessed digitally, they're automatically marked for you and we're adding more and more every single week. So if you haven't done so yet, go to kids.classroomsecrets.co.uk and grab your free 14-day trial for the whole class. Number two, we're on Clubhouse quite a bit. Um, So we're hosting education chats regularly on Clubhouse. It's the new audio social media platform. So if you want to find out a schedule of the rooms that we're hosting, then just go to classroomsecrets.co.uk forward slash club and we're listing all our rooms there at the moment and we're trialing all sorts of things. So um, generally our head of research and development, Lee, is running one on a Wednesday. Um, Me and Ed are running one on a Tuesday about education business and we're looking at starting some rooms possibly in the mornings. We're just trying some things out. So if you're on Clubhouse, go there and find out the different rooms that we're running. We would love you to get involved. So you'll be able to quiz the panel about all things education and add your own value as well. So each week, all the conversations are growing and um, they're just really inspiring. And we had a great chat last night. So if you haven't heard of Clubhouse, it's still pretty new and it's in the beta phase. It's only got 10 million users at last check. Um, But more and more people are joining every day and I've got some invites. So if you really want one, then send me a message and you might get lucky. Um, So you're listening to a podcast now, you're going to love it. It's invite only. You do need an iPhone at this point, but keep your ear to the ground for anything else and other developments. Um, So yeah, if you're already there, follow me at Claire Riley and I'll follow you back. So in this episode, I interviewed Arnav Rawat about educational inequality and what he's been doing over the last six months to combat that. So Arnav is the founder of a charity called Books to All and it was founded in June 2020 and it aims to reduce the rising levels of educational inequality in the UK through a modern efficient method of connecting book donors to schools in need. I bet you can't believe that he's done all of this since graduating from Cambridge last year. Let's get to the interview. Arnav, thank you so much for joining me on the Teachers Podcast today. Thank you very much for having me. I'm looking really forward to it. So I, I'm looking forward to it as well because um, this is going to be a bit different to normal um, and teachers can actually get something tangible at the end of it without having to pay anything. So I'm really excited to um, talk about this more. So first up, so first up, educational inequality is something that you are really passionate about. So I thought the best place to start would be how would you describe it? Yeah, it is a great place to start. I think um, what's really key with this is to break it down into two, the two words, educational and inequality. I think especially currently in modern society, the word inequality is used a lot. And at times, sometimes the meaning can be lost. For me personally, inequality is a difference in the number or quality of opportunities an individual receives due to their background, 
their um, upbringing, their income, and other factors that aren't necessarily what I'd say their fault. And then when it comes to education, it becomes educational opportunities. So whether that be the right resource to, resources to sit your exam, the right educational materials you need to find the job you want. I think it differs really from individual to individual, but there's quite a few instances of educational inequality in the UK. And the one I really want to talk about today is how books can be used to reduce that educational inequality. That's really interesting, thank you. Um, so our head of research and development, Lee, um, he looks into all sorts of research and uh, he mentioned on a pub, uh, clubhouse room recently that um, actually the optimal amount of books for a child to have in their house is 350. That's a lot of books, isn't it? Yeah, and I think I can totally, I haven't heard that sort of um, research before, so that's really interesting, but I can sort of understand it because I think especially for children growing up, it's very hard to sort of straight away find the right book for you. I remember when I was growing up, it wasn't necessarily the first book I opened, I was suddenly in love with reading. It took me a while. And then all of a sudden I found the sort of genre, the sort of style of writing that really suited me. I mean, to give an anecdote of this further, I remember um, a couple of years back, I was sort of tutoring quite a young child and he, he really hated reading. He didn't enjoy it. He, he, did, he would rather say watch television or something instead. And I'm trying to figure out maybe why is this? Maybe he hasn't got sort of the right access to books. And I, I realised that when getting to know him, he really like, enjoyed football. He loved watching football and following football. I thought, why don't I sort of get, introduce him to a book to do with football, some sort of fictional uh, book to do with football? I can't quite remember the title. But I remember giving it to him and just saying, you know, just have a read. You might not like it, but just give it a go. And uh, luckily, he did actually like it. He enjoyed it so much. He sort of rest, read the rest of the series. And I think he reads quite a lot and not just books related to football now. I think that was just sort of the stepping stone for him to get onto the path of reading. Yeah. Oh, I wonder if it was Tom Palmer. He's got a lot of books about football and he's, he's actually been on the podcast. So possibly could be. Um, but I find it interesting what you're saying, because I remember being at school and I it's not that I didn't like reading, but I was I didn't read for pleasure. Um, and there were a few books that did hook me. And I remember Fantastic Mr. Fox was one of them. Um, and I was probably a bit old to read it, to be honest, but I kind of <laughs> flourished a bit late. Um, and then when I went to secondary school, I found some books in the library that I really liked. And it was actually a series that I watched on TV. Um, but at that age, I did find it hard to find, to, to have enough choice for the books that I, the kind of books I wanted to read, like, you know, once you got through three of them, that's it. Um, there wasn't any more. And my mum, my mum is an avid reader and she's, she always has been. And, you know, she always used to say like, I'd read like, you know, a thousand books by the time I was your age. And she'd kept a lot of them and she wanted me to read them, but they weren't my books. They, they were yeah. the books I love. So I think it is really important to, be clear that it's it, it's not necessarily that you don't like reading, it's that you've not found the kind of books you want to read yet. Um, so I love that. Thank you so much for bringing that up. So so can you tell us a bit more then about Books to All? Uh, what is it and, and what are you trying to achieve? Yeah, so um, Books to All is a very new charity. We were founded in June of last year and our aim is to reduce educational inequality in the UK through the provision of books. And the way we want to do this is really revolutionize the book donation process to schools. So 
Um, the way books are sort of donated to schools right now, there are a number of different ways, but the main ones are sort of sometimes a school sort of sends out an email newsletter to their parents saying, oh, if you have any spare books or sort of flying around in your house, you know, please can you sort of give them, a, uh, come along and donate them. Or there are that sort of um, tell you which books are required where to an extent. And having talked to quite a lot of teachers, especially in the last few months, about this, I think it, it's great. And sometimes they do get sort of great donations that they can add to their library, but sometimes it doesn't quite work out to be the case. Um, so to give an example of a conversation I had with a teacher, she said, yeah, so we asked sort of our parents of our school to give us some book donations. And what happened is that one Friday at 4 p.m., a parent came along, picked up their child, and they had their whole car full of books, like a hundred or so books in there. They sort of just dumped them at the reception on the front door. And then it was up to sort of the English teacher, the librarian, to on that Friday afternoon when, let's be honest, it's the end of a busy week, a hard week, you want to really go home to just sort through the books. And when they did sort through the hundred or so books, only about three or four are actually relevant, useful, and in the condition required to be used to that school. And we realise this has been quite a big problem for both the donors, but in particular the schools, and we want to change this. So the way we're changing this is to, to introduce an app to this process, and our app will essentially match book donors to schools in need. So to describe how the app works in a bit more detail. So say you're a book donor, for example, I'm sitting here at my desk and I have five books, I would like to donate to a school, but I'm not entirely sure where they need to go. What I'd do, I'd go onto the app, I'll log in, I'd say where I am and how far I'm willing to travel. I mean, we don't want people sort of having to travel across the country. To say I'd want to travel, say, a maximum of five miles, I'd say that. And then I'd go on, um, once I've said that, and scan in the barcode of each book. And those books would automatically be uploaded onto our database. And then uh, on top of that, I'd also send in a photo just to the front cover of each book so that the school gets a bit of an idea about the condition as well before they receive it. And then say you're a school, so say you're a librarian at your school and you'd like to see if there are any new books on our app that are available, you'd again log into our app and sort of view all the books almost in a carousel, almost like you're inserting, I know someone used an anecdote that I talked to, almost a dating site, you're sort of swiping through and trying to find mm. the book that you think would be useful for your school, because I think it differs a lot from each school library to each school library. Some school libraries, I mean, some schools don't have libraries, something I'll talk about in a bit. Um, but some schools say have libraries with certain amount of books that are plentiful, but other sort of genres or other writing styles that aren't so plentiful. And essentially what the librarian can do is go through the app and select exactly which books they want. When they've done that, a match is created between the donor and the, the school librarian, the teacher, whoever uses the app, and the donor gets notified by this and said off this and they say and it says okay this school has selected your books this is when that school is available this is their address please can you go and deliver them and then the what the book donor does they go to the reception almost like you're receiving a delivery for any other sort of item you've ordered and they'll give those books to the a reception at the school overall we find this as a much more impactful and efficient donation process than what currently occurs i think it reduces quite heavily the likelihood of getting unwanted and irrelevant donations for schools, getting high quality books that are going to impact students. For us, we don't see the app as a way of a school getting hundreds of books. We see them as getting 10 or 15 or 20 books that actually really matter and will really be used heavily at that school. And also just on a, another point for the donor, I know a lot of people when they think, okay, I love to donate my books, I'll give them to say high street charity shops, 
or sort of other um, places such as those. And the what I've worked at a high street charity shop. I know what happens. What happens? You sort of put all your books and any other sort of belongings you want to donate into a recycling bag or something. You go along. You uh, give them to the charity shop, and then you sort of sort through them. And some of the books are sold on. And um, some of the books are actually just thrown away. Mm. And I feel like by using this, we give donors another sort of way of donating their books, a way that they will feel, hang on, I'm actually giving my books to someone who will really use them. I think that's really important because when we talk about books, a lot of people are very sentimental about them. A lot of people treasure them a lot. The reason why people have a lot of bookcases is because they don't want to lose those books. Even if they don't read them, it has a specific importance to at some relevant point in their life. So we're aiming to use this app process overall to make the donation process a lot more efficient for both schools and book donors. Mm. Yeah, no, I like that. Um, I I have some involvement with a charity shop and I know that they will keep them for so long and then they actually do like a swap and they'll take them then to another charity shop and then from there, mm-hmm. loads of them get binned. And I, I often think that when I'm donating books as well. So I think this is a great idea and I think... Yeah, it opens up the possibilities as well because I know that you've talked about um, sort of asking parents to donate books. It's not something I've experienced um, with the school uh, my daughter goes to, but I can imagine as well that that might only work for some schools. So perhaps a leafy lane school where maybe the parents have got a better idea of the kind of books um, that children are reading at home. Maybe they've got like some uh, lots of Julia Donaldson books or, or something that the school might be using in school. Um, but then you can imagine that actually some of the schools where maybe you do need a library where children can take those books home and they're not getting any books then, are they? You know, and I know that's a sweeping statement, yeah, but exactly. um, it is more likely that, that that's happening. So I think this is a great way for all schools, I guess, to have an opportunity to to get some new books. You, you've inspired me absolutely mm-hmm. to have a look. Um, I mean, right now I'm using, I've got a lot of school type books um, so I've got all the Oxford reading tree and my daughter's only very young, but I know that now in a few years time, I could, I could donate these books now, which would be really, really helpful. So thank you. Um, all right then. So why is reducing educational inequality through books so important for you? Yeah, I think for me, one statistic really sums it up into why it's so important. And that's something that was a statistic that's come about from some research conducted by the Great School Libraries campaign. And they found out that in England, Wales and Northern Ireland, one in eight schools do not have a library. And I personally, I found that really astonishing. I mean, talking about me, my personal sort of background, I, whilst I went to a state school, it was sort of a grammar school and really quite well off in that regard. And we had a very extensive library. And I remember being able to use that, not just for fiction and sort of reading for pleasure, but also nonfiction and research and that being incredibly useful as well. And I found that, you know, this statistic means that one in eight schools, because one in eight schools don't have a library, they don't, those students at those schools don't get that opportunity to either read for pleasure or research and find sort of things they're interested in there and that can have a real detrimental effect because typically the one in eight schools that don't have a library they tend to be the schools that have quite a high proportion of students who are sort of disadvantaged in that free school meal uh, category or pupil premium on schemes such as those the sort of students that when they go home they don't have access to books at home as well 
and they go to school in the hope that they'll get access to books, but those libraries at the schools don't have um, access to books there. So it's really important to sort of bridge this gap because we know the books are out there. I think everyone sort of knows everyone, a lot of people have books at home or they know of places where there are plentiful books, but it's just a case of getting those books to the students in need. And it's really important for the students themselves as well. I think I read um, somewhere from Teach First, I think it was, that a child from a disadvantaged background is typically 18 months behind their peers when they set their GCSEs. So that's at the age of 15, you're already 1.5 years behind, that's 10% of your life, you're already behind there. And that becomes so hard to catch up for the rest of your life. And one way we can sort of reduce this is through books, by giving people the opportunity to read and then the opportunity to gain those skills from those books, not just literacy, also confidence in speech, confidence in writing, and confidence in conducting their own research and believing in themselves as well, which I think is incredibly powerful when mm. it comes to books. Yeah, I think what's interesting that you've highlighted is that, you know, you said the research says that that one in eight schools doesn't have a library, but I mean, I've been a supply teacher in a lot of schools and I can tell you that it's not just about not having a library. Um, so that the school my daughter goes to, it, when she was in the nursery class, which was last year in the first year of lockdown she did actually bring home a book from the library that she chose every week um at the moment she brings home two books a week and they're actually reading books but i don't think they're from the library as such but i think there are a, a number of schools out there that might have a library but don't necessarily have a lending service so that um they would have the books at home because it costs a lot of money for librarians and it's really difficult to manage. Um, so there's that to consider as well. And I think obviously COVID makes that more complicated at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, but it's not just about having the library, is it? It's about having those books accessible outside of lesson time. Yeah, exactly. I think as a student, I remember when I was in secondary school, um, so after school, because my mum wouldn't it was working and had to pick me up late I would go to the library and sort of read a book just to pass the time and it wasn't in the end at the start it was always you know, I'll just sort of read and hopefully you know 30 minutes time my mum will be here at the school gates to pick me up but once I got into it I was actually like wow I really enjoy reading books here mm -hmm. and it's actually a really nice enjoyable way to um, spend the end of the day and I think a lot of children they sort of don't because of the lack of access to books there's just that what I refer to sort of at the start, the lack of opportunity to do so, to read and sort of gain that enjoyment and not, not just the skills, but also just the pleasure and the happiness you can get from reading. One thing I noted um, from something that came up in the pandemic, especially important in this time, is that one in five readers actually find books as a way of reducing loneliness, which is so, I think, really important in mm. the pandemic because you know, social contact's been limited as well. And then when you're young as well, books are a great way, you know, when you, I, I can speak personal experience, but I know a lot of people, you move to a new school or something, you don't necessarily fit in straight away. Books are a great way to reduce that loneliness as well. So, I mean, I could go on forever really talking about the impact of books and sort of what, what's so great about them, but sort of this sort of shows why it's so important to reduce that inequality when it comes to in access to books. This has been fascinating. Um, so you're a teacher now and you're listening and 
I think, you know, your passion for books is just absolutely seeping through. I'm thinking, oh, how do we get you in a load of classrooms um, trying to talk to children about reading for pleasure? Because do you know what? It's a real struggle. And I see in the Facebook groups a lot of teachers saying, you know, how, how are you encouraging reading for pleasure? Um, it, it's a big it's a big topic that, that we're constantly thinking about and um, trying to instill a love of learning. Um, and that and that's clearly, you know just like a stick of rock through you um so what actionable steps then can you share for teachers and schools you know how how are they gonna get some free books basically um that they can choose without getting a load of the books that they've got to drop off at the charity shop what um what can teachers and schools do right now yeah so right now we haven't quite launched our books to all that um as of yet mostly due to the pandemic really it's not quite the situation we want to launch but Come September, we're hoping to um, launch it in at least a few regions in the UK. So one thing that teachers can do so that they're aware, if they would like to use the app, is to go on our website and sign up to our app's pre-release waiting list. Sort of drop in your email and then we'll keep you notified as, as and when we do mm -hmm. launch the app in, and in what region so that if you do wish to use it, you'll be um, able to do so immediately. So is this and people who want to donate books as well as, as schools who want to receive books? Yeah, we have two waiting lists. So if you are a book donor as well listening and you would like to um, donate books, you can also um, sign up to that list. And likewise, if you're a school and you'd like to receive some books, you can also sign up to that respective list too. Super. Um, what well, anything else that, that, that they can do? Yeah, so um, another thing that can be done is, and it's something that's sort of a subsidiary part of our charity, but still very important, is that every week on Fridays we put out a blog article and uh, we really spend a lot of time on this and they contain quite useful insights not just in terms of teaching literacy introducing books to children trying to install that sort of reading for pleasure love of reading that you just mentioned but also advice reading to I think we had an article I think a month ago about re teaching um, children who are deaf how to read and the challenges associated with that or how to generate um, interest in STEM, science, uh, technology, engineering, mathematics, I know it's such a big thing in schools right now. How, how can we generate that interest maybe from using books? So we try and, and along with that, in terms of our blog, we also have authors sort of doing some Q and A, sort of giving their insights and in how they got into writing and reading and how you can sort of use those ideas in the classroom in terms of installing that um, reading for pleasure, loving to read in children. And lastly, um, in terms of what you may want to do, is feel free to get in touch with um, Books to All through our website. If you do have any ideas about sort of the app or how you think it should work, what you'd look for when it comes to the app, because we essentially want to make it so that it helps schools as much as possible in terms of increasing that accessibility to books. Super, thank you. Right, so you've got an open door there, everyone, to just you know, help make this into the, the, the best app it can be and make sure that, you know, every school gets gets some amazing books. So thank you so much. Um, so how can our listeners find out more about you then and um, Books to All? Yeah, so in terms of Books to All, you can access our um, website, which has a lot of information about what we're doing at www.bookstoall.co.uk. Um, you can also find us on all the major social medias, so Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn and Facebook at Books to All. And if you would like to just get in touch with me personally um, about anything I've said, you can email me at um, arnav.rao at, at bookstore.co.uk, A-R-N-A-V dot 
R-A-W-A-T at books two all, so B-O-O-K-S two, the number two, A-L-L dot co dot UK. And also get in touch with me on Twitter at Arnavarao at 28. Super. And we'll make sure that those are in the show notes as well, because um, you know what it's like having to spell it out, um, yeah. but you can just go and click. So that's absolutely fantastic. I just want to say thank you so much. I feel like um, you need to come back and um, give us some insights on reading for pleasure at some at some point. Um, it's been really, really brilliant. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed um, my experiences. First time I've appeared on a podcast, really enjoyed it. Um, and we well, did a great yeah, job. Looking forward to the future. Thank you. Thanks for listening. I hope you've been really inspired to follow the journey of Books to All, just like me, and hopefully register as a future user, not only as a receiver of books, but also as a donor as well. It's certainly something I'm going to be looking into. So if you want to give any feedback about how you've been resourcing reading opportunities in your classroom, then just start up a conversation in the Teachers Podcast community on Facebook so that others can get involved or you can join us on Clubhouse, which is classroomsecrets.co.uk forward slash club to find out the schedule and we're going to see you next week. Thank you for listening. The Teachers Podcast is in association with Classroom Secrets, a provider of high quality and affordable teaching resources that children love and teachers trust. To find out more, visit classroomsecrets.co.uk.